Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It's not God's will, regardless of what you may have heard or where you heard it, it's not God's will that you be defeated, that you be oppressed, that you be depressed defeated is not God's will. He, he is the creator of overcomers, and he said he made you and I more than conquerors. Go ahead and say it out loud, I'm made in the image of God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm an overcomer in Christ. Hallelujah. You're a winner. Just, just saying that starts things moving in the right direction. Just saying, I'm a winner. I, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. And you're not just saying that off the top of your head. You're agreeing with what he has said about you. And he's right. <laughs> no matter how you feel, he's right. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us, put everything else on hold, don't be trying to do a bunch of things at the same time, that just means you'll miss something, and give this your full attention, and just like we said a moment ago, it will feed your spirit, it'll nourish you up in the words of faith, and when your spirit gets even just a little bit stronger, things look differently to you. They don't look so impossible. They don't look so unreachable. And when you get strong in faith, uh, what used to seem impossible looks easy. <laughs> and it is easy uh, for the one who's inside you. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for giving us these opportunities to, to feed on your word and, and open ourselves up to your spirit to minister to us and quicken us and help us. We, we present ourselves before you. We say we belong to you. We've been bought with a price. Get glory to yourself in our spirit, in our bodies, in our lives, which are yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in the great textbook, the Bible, uh, to Luke, the 17th chapter. Luke chapter 17 uh, we've been on a topic for a number of weeks now that we are calling Faith for Healing. We camped out in Hebrews 11 back months ago and took verse by verse learning what faith is and how it comes and how it's developed and how it's released. And if you weren't here with us for that, go online, go to faithschool.org and um, Go back, you can get all of those lessons. Uh, I think it was 150-something lessons just on that. So uh, you can look at them one at a time or five at a time. It won't cost you anything, no charge. And then that worked us up to this segment 
where we're talking about faith for a specific thing, faith for healing in this case. And we're taking the individual cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus and studying them one by one. Now, there were apparently tens of thousands or scores of thousands of people that were healed and delivered in the ministry of Jesus while he walked the earth just in those few years. But we're only given detail on uh, people that were healed, individuals, in about 20 cases where we're told who they were, what was wrong with them, how they received. And so we began with the first one was the healing of the, the leper. And now we're down to the 18th account in our study of 20. So we're getting near the end now. But this is number 18 in our study. And it is the healing of the 10 lepers. In verse 11, Luke 17, 11, it says, It came to pass, as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Our other translations say foreigner. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Have we seen that phrase before? Your faith has made you whole. Yeah, in about 10 other places <laughs> on these, uh, of these 20 uh, accounts. That's the most common thing you'll see is that phrase, According as you've believed, so be it done to you. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole. As you have believed, be it done to you. So faith is obviously the determining factor in this one. Like in a couple of the previous studies, that was not the case. And so some of these healing uh, individual accounts were what I call spirit-initiated Uh, The Spirit of God initiated them through what we'd call the gifts or manifestations of the Spirit. But the majority of them were not Spirit-initiated. They were faith-initiated by the individual's faith. And so we need to understand both both sides of this. And um, it says that his faith or their faith uh, made them whole. He's only talking to the one, the nine (laughs) are nowhere to be found. We'll be talking about that later. But it begins there in verse uh, 11, Jesus was traveling. So he's not having a meeting. He's not preaching and teaching. He's not having a ministry line where he's laying hands on people. He's traveling 
from point A to point B. And he goes through the midst of Samaria. Now you'll find later in, the, in this passage, it, it mentions the man who returned and gave thanks. He was a Samaritan. And so we need to talk a little bit about Samaria because that's a focus of this, uh, uh, this passage. We, we see uh, other places where it was brought up about Samaritans and Jews. They had an enmity uh, with each other. They didn't, as a general thing, they didn't approve of or like each other. And so there was some bias. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about why. But, you know, this whole thing uh, deals with that. And you'll see it. In fact, let's just go to uh, John, the fourth chapter, and see another occasion where um, being a Samaritan was an issue. John 4, it said, verse 4, that they, they must need go through Samaria. And they came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Jacob's well was there. Verse 7, a woman of Samaria. So she was a native of there, a Samaritan. She came to draw water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. And the woman, verse 9, said, uh, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. <laughs> so there was some issues between these two groups of people. And, you know, that's the enemy. He's always trying to, to separate, categorize, and divide, and emphasize differences, and isolate. And his strategy is to divide and destroy, because together we're stronger. Together, we have all of our talents and resources pooled. But if you keep splitting off groups and splitting off groups and splitting off groups, and there's no end to how far you can go with that. You know, you divide along this line, you can divide along that line, divide along that line. Then you can sub-splinter it into other, right? It's this uh, categorization and division and destruction. It is the plan. It's the work of the enemy. But notice Jesus didn't let that put him off. Right? <laughs> he didn't say, well, jeez, lady, why you got a problem with me? <laughs> no. No, he, he says, uh, he just keeps talking about uh, the well and the water and then the water of a different kind. She said, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink of me? Which I'm a woman of Samaria, she said. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now, uh, you can find a little bit of history if you look it up. And actually, there's, there's quite a bit in the scriptures about this. Um, long ago, uh, Samaria was the, uh, it was the city of the kings, of God's people, of Israel. But then um, they were conquered and when they were conquered, most of the people were taken away and a few people were left there and they wound up intermarrying with some of the local people 
And so eventually when the other Jews returned to their homeland and were going to rebuild the wall and, and that kind of thing, you'll see this in Ezra and different places. And they said, okay, we'll help too. And they said, no, you can't help because you're mixed. And so that, that was way back there began this division thing. And so, so then they said, well, okay, we don't need you. And of course, this is the Keith Moore paraphrase of all this, right? So <laughs> study this out for yourself. But they said, fine, we'll have our own place where we worship. And also they decided that the only scripture they acknowledged was the five books, uh, the first five books. And so they then over, you know, over long periods of time, people get ingrained in that. And you'll see that in just a moment in John uh, 4. She brings this up to him. But just a little bit of background to say that uh, the Jewish people saw uh, the Samaritans as mixed, as, you know, not okay. And the Samaritans saw the Jews probably as stuck up and ignorant. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was a problem. <laughs> but anyway, they were firmly divided. And um, it says in John 4 that Jesus answered and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. She wants to talk to him about divisions and groups, and he wants to talk to her about living water. Hallelujah. So if anybody wants to make issues with you, about some of these things, just act like you didn't even hear it. Come on, y'all with me? And just come back to, hey, have you had some living water? Have you, do you know Jesus? <laughs> right? Because if you're not born again, it won't matter what you thought you were or where you thought you came from. It's not going to cut it. The only way to the Father, the only way to the salvation is through the living water, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the source of living water. He is the living water. He said, if you know the gift of God and who it is that's talking to you um, and asked for, for a drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, you don't have anything to draw with. The well's deep. Where, where are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle and Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither go hither to draw. So they're not talking about groups and divisions anymore. Can you see that? Uh, it's wrong, even if people have wrong motives and even if their thinking is all wrong, to get offended and hurt and retaliate because now, how are you going to minister to them? You know, the people you find fault with and that you judge and you decide, you know, I can't stand them, and then you say judgmental things about them, even if they're wrong, how can you then turn around and minister to them? especially if it got back to them, what you said about them. We should watch our words in speaking about any groups. Now, 
you know, this was obviously um, a people's that, you know, uh, their history went back for hundreds of years. But it doesn't matter. Uh, denominational things are the same way. You'll hear this group talk about this group. And you'll hear uh, wealthy people talk about people that are not so wealthy. And you'll see people that don't have a lot uh, are prejudiced against wealthy people. And, and I mean, the list just goes on and on of what you can separate and be upset about. And you can't control what everybody thinks or believes or says or does, but you don't have to let it pierce you and offend you and cause you to, to lash out and retaliate what you want to do is what Jesus did. Come on, can you see that? She's bringing up these divisions and stuff, and he just, he didn't even deal with that. He said, uh, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd want some living water. And, you know, a lot of people that are mixed up about these things, they're really very immature spiritually. And, and you know, little children are easily distracted <laughs> Can you see that? I mean, you know, maybe they're pitching a fiddle about something, but if you'll say, hey, look at the ducky. Hey, hey look. <laughs> and they'll go, oh. <laughs> so they're not even thinking about being upset about their animal crackers or whatever, because, <laughs> and, and, and she's, she's trying to build this case about, you know, what are you doing talking to me? I mean, I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. And he says, living water. Ah, uh, living water. <laughs> Next thing you know, she says, I want some. I want some living water. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, if he'd have got been out of shape and say, hey, lady, you don't know me, right? And what you got against Jews? And I mean, if he'd have went that way, it'd be a different conversation, right? But he, he obviously so much maturity there. And um, it goes on to say, you know, after he talked to her about her uh, personal situation, she, verse 19, she said, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. You say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to, to worship. So again, here's this Jew-Samaritan divide coming up again. Because she's, now they're into spiritual things. When, when he ministers to her by a word of knowledge, she goes, oh, Spiritual. This is real. So her mind goes to the, their big deal was we worship over here. You worship over there. And of course, for all these generations, who's right? Who's right? And um, he says, woman, believe me, the hour uh, is coming when you'll neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem because that the Jews worshiped at Jerusalem and they worshiped at that mountain. Um, you worship you know not what. Well, that's a revelation there. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. So that answered some of the question that they'd been debating about. But he says the hour's coming. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. It won't be at the correct geographical position. It's in spirit. God's looking at the heart. And uh, uh, for the Father... They'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So just a little background about this Jewish Samaritan thing. 
since we're there uh, in John, we, we can see also, where was it? In, um, let's see. Well, uh, I can quote it to you that uh, one of the intense discussions that Jesus was having with the religious leaders, they said to him, uh, maybe it was John 8, they, they said, uh, uh, hadn't we said, well, you're a Samaritan and you have a devil. And so th to them, that's one of the worst insults they could have made, calling Jesus a Samaritan. And the thing is, they're closely related, these people. Their ancestry, they're really closely related. And you know, all of us are closely related. I mean, do you believe the Bible or not? Do you believe it? Then you trace back our lineage, all of it goes back to Adam and Eve. Is it true or not? We all got the same start, the same origin. So these other things are, are deceptions and confusion. But uh, they thought that was one of the worst insults they could uh, give against the master, calling him a Samaritan with a devil. <laughs> and, oh, they didn't know what they were saying, talking to the master that way. But uh, it said he was coming through, verse 11, Luke 17, 11, he was passing through Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. And so that's why we would see uh, a Samaritan, somebody from there, show up in this group of lepers because that's where he is. And there met him, as he entered into this certain village, ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So, a number of things here reveal their faith. We know they had faith because Jesus said to the man at the end, your faith has done this. Your faith has made you whole. Where do we see their faith? Well, by them showing up. Right? By them coming and uh, even though they were excluded, uh, they were segregated from all the rest of the population because of their condition of leprosy. They couldn't live at home with their other family. They couldn't work jobs with other people. I mean, it was really a destroyer of your life. And the word leprosy literally means scaly. And it has to do with an infectious skin disease. And um, uh, we'll, we'll study about that maybe later, but uh, it, it was a terrible disease. It, it's, it's not necessarily the same thing that some people call leprosy in modern times. So depending on your study, you got to keep that in mind. But it did have to do with the skin, and it was infectious, and it, it could prove uh, uh, destroying of your life and kill you eventually and suffer while you did, losing sensitivity and losing feeling. And uh, it was described in one, one passage of Scripture as your flesh being half dead. Uh, it's like a, a living death almost. I mean, it's a terrible thing. But they uh, couldn't just come too close to him 
by the law, but they came and that's why they stood afar off and they lifted their voice and they cried out to him from across the way. Now you wouldn't do that if you didn't think you could get help. Can, can you see that class? This is faith right here. Them coming, them making the effort. And of course, when you're sick and hurting and don't feel good, you don't feel like, you know, making a trip or traveling or going somewhere or making the effort. But faith makes the effort. Can you see that? Faith uh, will, will push itself out of bed and say, no, there's help over there. Right? Hallelujah. There's help over there. And so they must have believed what they had heard. Now, our first account uh, of, in our 20 accounts of, that we're studying was the healing of a leper. And in fact, let's just go back and, and look at it, remind ourselves of it. This is how it started. And the issue that it began with in Luke 5 is where we're going, is uh, one of the most central in the subject of healing. In Luke 5 and 12, and I'm reading in the, uh, the Living Bible, it said, One day in a certain village he was visiting, there was a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to the ground before him, face downward in the dust, begging to be healed. Sir, he said, if you only will, you can clear me of every trace of my disease. And this, uh, I mean, this was the first case we started with back weeks ago. And it, the first thing it deals with is, if it be thy will. Can you see this, class? Because if you don't get that question answered, your faith is undermined. You can't have faith to receive healing if you're not sure it's God's will for you to be healed. But what did Jesus say? Verse 13, Jesus reached out and touched the man and said, this is the living Bible, of course I will be healed. And the leprosy left him instantly. Weymouth's translation say, says, I am willing. The New English says, indeed I will. Uh, the BBE says, it is my pleasure. <laughs> and the Philip says, of course I want to. Be cleansed. Can we let the Word of God answer this question once and for all? Yes. Is it thy will? Lord, is it your will for me to be healed? Well, when that leper asked him that very question, Jesus didn't hesitate. He didn't elaborate with some qualifications or conditions. He just immediately said, I will. Be clean. Does that I will stand today? Is he still saying, I will? Has he changed? Is he a respecter of persons? Then the I will belongs to you. Hallelujah. The I will to the leper is the I will to me. Somebody said out loud, it is his will that I be healed. Thank you, Lord. You're my healer. Hallelujah. Our time's up for today. Let's say it like we do sometimes. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's it for today, but as you can see, we just got this introduced. Come back tomorrow. 
We'll see you soon here at Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.